Through the first two games of the series, the Mariners just haven't had an answer for the Yankees offense. Will that continue tonight? We'll discuss and also look at a potential trade target a lot of you requested in the comment section of yesterday's video here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Wednesday, May 31st, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show the link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode and on this episode we'll discuss whether or not the Mariners could trade for red second baseman Jonathan India a lot of you requested that we do him next for our trade today series so we're gonna do just that but first Colby another rare dud from the Mariners pitching staff last night Logan Gilbert this time with the blow up four innings pitched seven runs allowed five of them earned on seven hits what the hell happened he wasn't good. Um, no command, no control. Every, a lot of things in the middle of the plate. Um, you know, he had a big, long first inning that was, uh, you know, not helped along by a truly puzzling error by uh, Gino. Uh, that certainly didn't help things. But yeah, he just wasn't good. He looked pretty good in the second inning, and he thought maybe you know this was they were going to turn things around, but. No, and kind of the weird thing here too is Gilbert once again, just like Miller the night before, really went away from his best pitch. He didn't throw the fastball really. You know, it was just, he wasn't even his primary pitch last night. It was the slider. Um, his best pitch was probably the splitter, but again, he didn't get any whiffs on it on eight swings. Um, only two balls put in play uh, against the pitch though on eight swings. So the splitter was fine, but just no control. And, and the problem with the splitter is you need the fastball. If you're gonna, if the splitter is going to be your primary secondary pitch, you need a fastball because what make part of what makes the splitter so good is that it tunnels perfectly with a fastball, so it looks like a fastball out of the hand and then it just dies as it gets to the plate. Gilbert didn't have that last night. The fastball was pretty much useless. Uh, velocity was there. Uh, There's plenty of uh, velo behind it. It wasn't a a drop in that. Um, you know, spin rates down a little bit. Wasn't feeling it uh, last night, and it just. You know, it's a bummer when you're a team that's built on on pitching. You're going to have times like this where your pitching is going to struggle and it's just going to look awful. Uh, and that's, you know, kind of the bummer. But, you know, losing 10 to 2 or whatever isn't any worse than losing 8 to 6 every night because you don't have good pitching. And I think we know the Mariners have good pitching. So, yeah, just kind of a bad night, uh, kind of a perfect storm here. You have back-to-back rough outings. Um, thankfully, uh, you do have the off day on Thursday, so the bullpen only has to hold out one more day. And you do have Kirby on the mound who's coming off of a bad outing on his own. So, I mean, I don't know how many times the Mariners will go through the uh, rotation and you'll have Kirby, Gilbert, and Miller all get absolutely blasted, but it's probably not going to be a lot. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's tough because, you know, it's kind of three blowout, loss, three blowout uh, losses in the last five games. But also, if you find a way to win today, you still go three and three uh, in those six games. And, and, you know, you in the row, you in the homestand seven and three, which is, you know, right where we wanted to be mm. or uh, seven and whatever, whatever, seven and three, seven and three, yeah, seven and three. So, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. they swept Oakland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you could still go seven and three on the homestand, which would be incredible. And you know, if I told you ten days ago that they would go seven and three on this homestand, you probably wouldn't care where they got their seven wins from. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been a rough couple of days. Gilbert not good. Miller not good. We'll see what Kirby has. Uh, you know, he got ambushed uh, the other night, and and we'll see how he rebounds. But kind of the only other start we've seen like that from from Kirby, he really bounced back well from last year uh, against Baltimore. So we'll see what kind of adjustments he makes. Uh, but it does appear, at least to me, that the Mariners' game plan this entire series is to not throw, uh, not throw the fastball, like not mm-hmm. have that be like as important part of your your arsenal but i don't think that that's the right way to go so i don't know maybe it's just a feel thing maybe it's just command thing for both guys just so happen to be on back-to-back nights um and that's the thing too right like if either of these pitchers have one of these starts in the middle of the year you're not whatever Mm -hmm. but because it happens on back-to-back nights uh it makes it kind of tough to swallow but uh yeah it happens it doesn't usually happen you know two games in a row but it does and and i'm not overly concerned about gilbert um, just like I'm not overly concerned about Miller, uh, they'll they'll get the ship righted and then it'll be fine. Everything will be okay. Yeah, you'd obviously like to see this team be a bit more competitive against one of the best teams in the American League. Um, and obviously, they've had some struggles against teams above 500 thus far uh, this season. But um, overall, still, you know, good homestand whether or not they win tonight. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about tonight. Uh, George Kirby against Clark Schmidt. You can catch this game on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. Uh, Kirby obviously had his worst start of the year against the Pirates back on Friday. Um, what do you think about his uh, potential for bouncing back tonight against this Yankees lineup, which has destroyed Bryce Miller and Logan Gilbert? Yeah, um, we'll see, because the, the problem with the last outing was uh, command, really. Uh, Kirby's always going to throw strikes. It's it's there might be one or two games in his entire career where he walks four or five guys. So it's not a matter of walks with Kirby. It just can't he be on the corners because we've talked about this before Kirby's stuff, just raw stuff, not elite. It's really not. Um, it's very good. And then it plays up because of elite command and control. Um, so if he's in the middle of the plate, if he's missing his spots by, you know, six to 12 inches, like he was against Pittsburgh, then he's going to get knocked around the ballpark. So he has to be, uh, really intentional with his with his command and his location. Um, it'd be great if he could at least go deep, even if he gives up four four or five runs, something like that. If he go six seven innings, um, and really kind of help this bullpen get the, get to their reset day tomorrow, uh, that would help a lot. But yeah, I, I think he can uh, manage this Yankees lineup. I, again, it's it's not even so much that the Yankees lineup has been so good; it's that the Mariners' starting pitching has just been awful. Like just pitches down the middle of the plate, non competitive pitches. Um, and yeah, so also, you know, if you're okay with walking Aaron Judge in a situation, just do it. Like, why are you asking your pitcher to throw eight, nine, ten pitches trying to be perfect against Judge if you're perfectly okay with him walking down to first base? Just save the the high stress pitches of pitching Aaron Judge. And and again, you don't have to intentionally walk him every time. That's not what I'm suggesting. But there were definitely times last night where Gilbert was trying to pitch around him and he was perfectly he was going to be perfectly okay if Judge took a walk. Uh, his second at bat, I believe, when he came up with two outs and Gilbert actually struck him out. It was painfully clear that Gilbert was more than willing to walk judge and go face Calhoun. Just let him do it. Like, why sure. are you wasting high leverage pitches in that situation? So we'll see what the, what Kirby does. But uh, yeah, I think he's got a good shot to bounce back. And uh, I think the lineup, the Yankees lineup, you know, as weird as it, sa- it sounds after they've scored, what, 20 runs in the mm-hmm. last two games. I don't think that it's particularly a great lineup. <laughs> 
I think well, it has a great player. In I it. mean, a lot of the guys doing damage outside of Judge right now are guys that entered the series with WRC pluses below 100. Yeah. Willie Calhoun, uh, Jake Bowers, Jake Greg Bowers. Allen had a home run last night. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like, yeah. So this is not, not a lineup right now outside of Judge, really, that should be doing this to the best, according to F4, the best pitching staff in baseball. Before the series, maybe. Before but, the series, uh, yeah, I'm sure yeah. that I'm, I haven't I'm sure. looked. Mm. I haven't looked within the last couple of days, so I'm sure that's not the case yeah. anymore. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it's just it's just you know poor pitching, and and that's that's a bummer. It really is because you know it's been the Mariners' calling card, and again, when you're a team that's built on pitching and your pitching isn't good, it's going to look ugly every time. So it will happen, but you know, in the long run, it always pays off to be built around pitching more so than offense, and. That's where the Mariners are at, and, and hopefully Kirby can kind of break the streak and uh, send the Mariners off on the road uh, with a, you know, a win and a, a really really good home stand at seven and three. Even a, you know even at six and four, it's a pretty decent one. But you really like that seven and three. So trading for Jonathan India, a lot of you really like that idea. We're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from who goes home with a win to the result of the very first pitch. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N to learn more. FanDuel, an official partner of Major League Baseball. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Yankees tonight on the Mariners hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app. But enough with that series. Who cares about the last few games? We're balling it up. We're throwing it in the trash. We're now moving on, looking ahead to the trade deadline, continuing our trade a day series. Yesterday, we began this series with a look at Andrew McCutcheon. Now we're looking at Jonathan India, who again was a very popular choice for you guys. We asked you who we should do next, and geez, I think 10 to 15 comments said Jonathan India on yesterday's video. So we're going to talk about Jonathan India. Colby, I look at Jonathan India, and I see a player who, former first-round pick, former top prospect in Major League Baseball, plays up the middle, still has three and a half years of club control, is performing right now, having a career year. This screams too expensive for the Mariners taste. Do you agree? Uh, yeah. Uh, here's the deal with India too. Like obviously good player, um, bit of a tweener. He is an awful second base. I mean, if you guys have been complaining about Colton Wong's defense, Jonathan India makes Colton Wong look good. So he's a terrible second baseman. He's a third baseman. That's where he should be playing. The issue is, is that the bat isn't necessarily ideal for third. There's not a ton of, of home run power there. Um, and when you kind of already have a non-traditional power hitting first baseman like Ty France, you don't want both corners to be guys who are going to, you know, maybe pop 20 home runs because you got to make up for that somewhere else. And and just saying we make up for it in the short at, uh, at catcher and, and center field. It's really not enough. So India is not a great fit from that perspective. He's not a second baseman. I would not even dream of acquiring him as a second baseman. And that's kind of the problem, but because the Reds are going to ask for middle infield prices because 
the Reds are going to say, well, he's a second baseman. That's the only place he's played. Right. So second baseman or more good offensive second baseman, which India it certainly is. Um, they go for a lot more than third baseman because they're harder to find, but India is not a second baseman. He's a third baseman, but the bat is only okay at third. It's not great. Like it is at second. That makes sense. Like there's a positional value mm-hmm. here that is going to make India more expensive than he otherwise would be uh, or should be for a team who's looking for him to be their third baseman, which is what the Mariners would be doing. Uh, I suppose they could try and fake him at second base for the rest of this year and then kind of make that swap in the off season. But yeah, three and a half years of, of club control. He's, you know, very reliable. He's was, had a really good rookie year was bad last year, hurt last year, and he's bounced back nicely this year. It's going to be expensive. I, I think you're looking at at least the Luis Castillo package um, and the Mariners could feasibly swing that, but do you want to trade Harry Ford? Do you want to trade? Uh, you want to trade Harry Ford, Cole Young, and Brian Wu? Because that's probably what gets the conversation started, and that might not even be enough. So, yeah, uh, to me, I, I look at the player and I say, you know, decent fit, good player, gotta love the club control, but all those factors make it pretty unlikely that you can acquire this guy without more or less gutting the highest upside prospects in your system, and that's that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah, it just seems like it would get to a place where Jerry DePoto in the front office would feel it's too prohibitive for them, even though that they're going to be able to uh, add a considerable amount of talent to their farm this draft with the three essentially first round picks. uh, That's going to be a a high price to pay, especially when India isn't a perfect fit. Now, you know, if you're a contender right now, if like we think the Mariners are going to be uh, someone that is going to try, uh, try and push for not just a wild card, but a division, as long as that doesn't get too far out of reach for them and hopefully a World Series uh, in October, then beggars can't be choosers. Um, you know, at a certain point, you just got to go for, for the value, where the value is. And if India is available, which reports say that that should be the case, especially with Ellie uh, De La Cruz being called up, that's what's coming out of Cincinnati right now, um, then, you know, he might be, in terms of just club control upside etc he might be the best piece available at the deadline um right again that's gonna that's gonna be really really expensive i just i don't know i i just i don't know about the fit really Uh, again for all the reasons that you mentioned um and I, i i feel like for the mariners right now where they currently are as they're continuing to you know rebuild the reputation of this farm right now it's not where it was even a year ago um, as they continue to rebuild that, is that really the best use of their resources to kind of unload their top assets for a guy that isn't the perfect fit? Because Luis Castillo last year was the perfect fit. That's the guy that you unload your best assets for. Jonathan India, I don't feel that way about. Right. And it, by the way, let's, let's talk about the report real fast. The Reds don't have to trade Jonathan India just because De La Cruz might be up and because right. Matt McClain has been here for five minutes and been pretty good. They could always just play India at third base. They could always just play him at first base. They could always just use him as the DH and they could always keep him around until they know for sure that McClain and De La Cruz are legit because they don't know that right now. So they don't need to trade Jonathan India. They could call De La Cruz up tomorrow and India would still play every single day. So it's not something they need to do. So you have to kind of 
force their hand, which means overpaying for what India is. India is a good player. I think he's probably, you know, I don't think he's, you know, a six win, you know, perennial all-star MVP type of guy, but I think he's probably, you know, a four win guy. Uh, I think that's probably his ceiling. Um, maybe even a little bit higher if you move him to third base where the defense isn't dragging him down nearly as much, but he's not, you know, Juan Soto. He's not that level of superstar. So how much do you want to pay, you know, 90% of Juan Soto prices for Jonathan India? Probably not. Um, and I think if you go to the reds, they're going to look at your farm system. They're going to say like, well, what, what are you, what about if you, you know, trade us Bryce Miller? And if you're the Mariners, how does that help you? It doesn't. It's probably a wash because now you have to go out and get a starting pitcher who's been, you know, at least as good as Bryce Miller. Miller's at least a number four. Now you're spending more assets to replace the ones you just traded to get India. And and so I just, I kind of look at this and I I don't necessarily buy that India is actually going to be available this summer. We'll see. A lot can change in a month. Sure. And we're about a month out from, you know, having a real good idea of who's actually available. Um, But I just don't see it because I think, you know, I think, uh, Cincinnati is going to look at you and say, you want to talk Gilbert? You want to talk Kirby? You want to talk Miller? No, no, no. Okay. You want to talk Kelnick? No, absolutely not. All right. Well then we're to Harry Ford, Cole Young, Brian Wu, and you know, Laz Montes. And it's like, that's pretty steep. That's a pretty steep trade package. Um, and it pretty much guts everybody who could help you in the next year or two as more than just a kind of a fill in just kind of depth. Right. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't see it. I, I really don't see it. Uh, I understand why fans want uh, want India, and, and I think there's obviously a price point where you're very interested in. Like if you could get him for Harry Ford and Emerson Hancock straight up, then yeah, you probably have that conversation. As much as I love Harry Ford, mm-hmm. um, but I think that those two guys get together probably still cost you woo, and then probably something else. So unless the Mariners are going to get creative, unless there's three teams, unless they, I don't know, do you trade Ty France as part of like a three-team deal and, and try to move Gino to first base and India to third base, and maybe you can get some prospects for France that you can then flip to Cincinnati, or maybe Cincinnati likes Ty France. I, I don't know, right? Is, is there something creative there? Because you're not going to trade Cal Raleigh. You're not going to trade Kalnick. You're not going to trade Julio. Um, there's no, you're not, I mean, they're not going to want, JP Crawford, they're not going to want uh Ty France straight up, right? They're like the players, the major league players that they want, you're not going to give up for Jonathan India. And so it comes down to overpaying with your farm system. And I don't know if that's the best avenue. So it's a really tight fit here. Um, again, there's obviously scenarios. Jerry's creative, Justin's creative, three team deal could work out here. But I think at the end of the day, India is just prohibitively too expensive and might not even be available. So sure. I, I think, you know, it's a fun idea. I, again, I completely understand why fans are looking at that. Uh, obviously the article that came out recently puts him more in focus, but the other thing you have to consider too, is that there are teams who would want Jonathan India who are in a much better position to kind of go all in on, on India this summer. So we'll see, but to me, no, I don't think India is really a, a fit, yeah. uh, just, I guess the question that you have to ask yourself, which is the question that I asked myself before we did this segment, is Jonathan India worth going all in on? Is that the guy that you actually want to hitch your wagon to? If you're going to unload your best assets to acquire him, is that actually the guy that you want to do it for? And again, to me, 
the answer is no, because I don't view him as the perfect fit like I did Luis Castillo. I don't. Does Jonathan does acquiring Jonathan India get you past the Astros? Probably not. Get you closer, certainly. But probably not. So are you I feel like to... it's more a long term play as well. Right, right, right. Because India because not... India, I don't think, has reached his full potential yet. So no, no, no. It, it's certainly again, it's possible. Hitter. It's possible that you know he becomes Alex Bregman. Like, sure, that's possible. Sure. But we have to judge a player for what he is now and then kind of guess at what he's worth in the future when you're doing this trade. Because if you're the Mariners, you can't trade for a guy you think might be Alex Bregman. And then he's just Jonathan India because then you've overpaid and you've closed your window or you've shortened your window, I should say. So it's it's pretty, like I said, I India it, feels like more of a guy that I would trade for in the offseason rather than at yeah. the deadline. Agreed. But and by the way, in the offseason, by the time we get to the offseason, guys like Brian Wu, guys like Cole Young, guys like Harry Ford, Tyler Locklear, uh, you know, Emerson Hancock, these guys, their trade values are all going to be higher than they are right now. So mm. you might be able to get him for just Hancock and, and Wu instead of, or sorry, uh, Ford and Wu instead of Ford, Wu, Hancock, Montes. You know what I mean? Like you might be able to get him for less. Uh, you will be able to get him for less because they'll have half a year less of club control and those guys will have more value. So they'll carry more weight in the trade. So I, I again, I get the idea behind India. I like Jonathan India, the player. I think he's I think if you move him to third base, he's probably, you know, poor man's Alex Bregman. I really do think he can get there. But right now you'd have to pay, essentially you'd have to pay Jose Altuve level prices for a corner infield guy. And that's, that's just not something Mm -hmm. that the Mariners can or, well, they can, but that's not something the Mariners really should do right now. So So obviously we should mention that, you know, the Mariners obviously have a really good rapport with the Reds. Uh, mm-hmm. via trade especially over the last you know 16-ish months uh sure. give or take uh the reds are very familiar with this farm system as well so yep. the mirrors know what they like and, and putting a trade together should come very quickly because of that uh but look i i just right. also by the way if if you're looking to spend big and looking to make a trade with the reds on someone that is controllable and relatively young why not TJ Friedel? He's another guy that's you know 27 years old, plays in the outfield. Obviously, outfield isn't as much of a pressing need um, as you know second base or third base. But also, Teo only has a, a half a year left of club control. If I had to guess, he's probably not back next year. You're going to have to address outfield at some point. And Friedel's having a really good year: 326, 377, 496, 131 WRC plus. He's been worth a little over one and a half wins this year. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe that, like, if you're going to unload some of your best assets to the Reds, maybe Friedel is a bit of a better fit and a better bet to sure. help you now and in the long term than than India is because again it's just it my concern is how much does India improve your chances this year like i i'm sure like does, I, like but... the upside is great for the next 3 years that you have him but as far as this year goes does he actually like is he the difference between finishing you know losing in the ALDS and making the world series to me, the, the answer is no. 
Right. So, I mean, you, you never know. Guys get hot and they carry a team sure. for a round or two. But yeah, in theory, no. Um, and I'm sure Frito will get his own episode or his own segment at some point. Um, and there are ways to make it work. For example, maybe you they say, hey, do you want we want Wu, uh, Ford, um, Locklear and Fellman. Like, that's what we want. And you say no. And they say, OK, well, what do we add? Um, what do we add Diaz mm. on our, what if it's India and Diaz? What if it's India and Sinzel? What if it's India and Fraley? Who's another guy I like, by the way. Um, what if it's two guys and we get all this pro then, then the conversation changes. Cause you're not just trading for one player who helps you. You're trading for multiple players, but just straight up by himself, Jonathan India, like the player. I think the bat actually would play pretty well at T-Mobile. It's a line drive bat. It's not a, a guy who relies too much on, you know, big home run power. So he's going to hit a lot of doubles. And, and I think that plays much better in, uh, in T-Mobile, which is, you know, something that the Mariners haven't really done. They haven't really built an, an offense that's condu most conducive to scoring runs in, at T-Mobile park. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think India does that. He doesn't strike out. He draws walks. He hits a lot of line drives, lots yep. of doubles. I, I think he's a good fit in that way. So the, from the player standpoint, sure. Yeah. Bring me Jonathan India. But when you consider cost, when you consider fit, when you consider opportunities missed by going out and getting India, I don't know if it's the smartest play. Um, obviously if it happened, I'd be pretty excited almost regardless of, you know, what, what the cost is because, you know, baseball fans like all of us are, are short-sighted and we want now and we don't care about 2026 and, you know, until you get to 2026 and you're like, Ooh, we sure would like Brian Wu right about now. So, um, it's one of those things that, you know, player, yes, fit, yes, cost, probably prohibitive. And that's why I probably am out. And there, like I said, there's always, there's always the case that, you know, Cincinnati takes a bulk deal, but that just doesn't seem likely. And, no. and, um, they haven't in the past. They've, they've extracted quite a bit from the Mariners. Um, yep. and the Mariners were better for it. Don't get me wrong. You do all those deals you did with Cincinnati again in a heartbeat, but, uh, yeah, Cincinnati, they want impact and they probably want impact. That's relatively close to the big leagues. And I just don't think the Mariners have that without giving up Bryce Miller or Brian Wu. And that's if they think Brian Wu is like a legit, like number three starter. Cause if they don't, Wu probably doesn't carry a package either. So right. yeah, it just, the cost to me is just, it's just, too big of a stretch. So the question that I'm going to ask you at the end of every single trade a day, yes or no, just flat answer, no context. Yes or no trading for Jonathan India. No. Yeah, in or out. Yeah. The answer out. for me is no as well. I'm out. Yeah. All right. Who should we do next? I don't know if we're doing one tomorrow because we got mailbag, by the way, mailbag get your questions tomorrow, in. Sure. Um I think the goal is to do at least three of these a week. There might be some weeks mm -hmm. where we do five. There might be some weeks where we do two, but I, I think the yeah. goal is three and just kind there's of gonna, depends there's on just it. gonna be certain shows where it doesn't make sense, like a post game show. We're not gonna do a trade today on a post game show. Right. So. Mailbag doesn't really make sense. Um yeah. although I assume we'll get some mailbag questions about trades and maybe we'll answer some of those, but sure. We'll see. Um right. One other thing uh, I want to throw out there. All-star voting officially opened today. Ty, we yep. talked about this yesterday. Yeah, we did. Uh, so Ty and I want to kind of like start a campaign to send one of the Mariners who's not likely to get there because this loser over here thinks that Julio has to hit to get to the all-star game, which is ridiculous. Of course, he's which he's doing, which he's doing, by the way, he's going to be in it either way. But so the point is moot. Sure. So we, we want to send another position player. Here's the deal. We're not going to start some ridiculous campaign for Sam Haggerty 
or Taylor Trammell or, or we're not going to Zaza Pachulia anyone. No, we're not going to put, try and put in like Gino Suarez. Like we're talking about guys who actually deserve to get into the all-star game, but we're, are going to have issues getting the votes they need. So mm-hmm. to me, there's two candidates. It's Jared Kelnick or it's Cal Raleigh. Um, vote for both. I, I have a third. I have a third. Hmm. Keep in mind. It can't be a pitcher. JP Crawford. Now hear no. me out. Hear me out. No, no, no. no. Hear me out. Hear me no. out. Hear me out. He is the fourth most valuable I, shortstop I in the American League. I and know. the guy ahead of him, Bobby Witt, is only ahead of him in F4 because of defense. And defense does not matter when it comes to the All-Star game. I, so, I know, but I so think JP, we also have to put our resources where somebody can actually win. Look, man, like I, 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 I also think that Mariners fans would get behind a JP campaign. Pretty Right. We know that the Mariners hard. fans, when singularly focused, can you know do anything like get gene segura into an all-star game so our goal is to pick the player that we just kind of want to throw our full support behind and obviously vote for however many mariners you want um it's fine whatever if you want to vote for all nine and you want to waste your vote for aj pollock and taylor Trammell, i mean that's your prerogative it's kind of like voting for the green party in this country but you know that's your choice so yeah uh what do you think? i always just i look- always i always find it funny how every time there's all-star voting that that opens they they put out a graphic with all the players on it and it's like dude come on no no like, one's voted no, i'm look i love jose caballero he's been really fun to watch he's been you know a big producer for the mariners over the last you know four three or four weeks he's not not so much last week but no, he's, he's, no, not, he's not getting not he's not getting in <laughs> like Stop. aj pollock's not getting in why is he on the graphic like, what yeah, are we doing here like come on come on Let's just be real about this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I guess should we let the people decide? Because we're only going to do one guy. Okay. We're not going to spend yeah. the next month, you know, pitching three different guys. And I, I think Raleigh's the hardest to one to get in because Who? there's Raleigh. Because there I disagree. Are, really? They usually catchers carry and... three. They usually carry three catchers, sometimes four. So Adley's in. Yeah, obviously. Adley's in. Salvi's definitely getting in. I don't know. I think Salvi's the guy you could beat. Really? Yeah. Right. I think honestly, for the Salvi always gets in though. I know, and that's why it would be. That's why you would also have the, also keep in mind the Royals have to have a guy in. Yeah, I know. That's kind of but Bobby Witt. Mm. So, do you sacrifice JP to get Cal in? It's kind of what we're asking here. All Star Dumper versus All Star JP. In Seattle, P stands for All Star. Keep in mind, this is the only all-star game that will be in Seattle in these guys' entire career. This is going to be their only shot to play an all-star game in front of their fans. Jared, so, Jared deserves it the most. He, he absolutely does. I think yeah. Jared actually has the hardest track to get in. Well, because there's so many good outfielders. Yeah. Right. Outfield is loaded. And obviously, you know, like the A's Julio's are going to be one of them too. Right. Yeah. The A's are going to send Rooker, who's like, yeah. Who does deserve consideration, sure, but probably not more than Jared, but they have to have an all-star. So it's going to be Rooker, so that's going to be an issue. Um, I think Craw- I think Crawford, I don't think he just hits. like His numbers aren't good enough that anybody's going to vote for him. To me, Raleigh's the guy who's most likely to get in because I think you can't. Obviously, he sent the Mariners to the playoffs last year, blah, blah, blah. He's got a cool nickname, Big Dumper. And I think he can outdo Salvi. I think he can outdo. And here's here's going to be the challenging one to me because Heim and Rutschman, they're in. They have to be. Yeah, they're yeah. the two best catchers in the American League. Not close. Can we beat the Blue Jay fans and prevent Alejandro Kirk from getting a, a courtesy? He's been nod? so bad this year. <laughs> I, since when does that matter? I know. We're uh, let's not have this conversation again. So we, we literally did this all day let's, yesterday. On let's the leave it up to the people in the comment. Can we? 
Hmm. I don't think we can do polls. And honestly, I don't, we probably should have done the poll like in the middle of the show, like put it up in the corner here uh, and just let you guys vote there. But let us know in the comments, who do you want locked on Mariners to throw their full support behind? Mm -hmm. Is it Cal Raleigh, Jared Kelnick or JP Crawford? We're only picking one. Obviously, you know, they all deserve, certainly they they all deserve consideration. Julio's already getting in. We don't have any control over the pitchers, so we can't campaign for Seawald or, yeah, Castillo yeah. or any, so it's got to be one of those three guys. Who's it going to be? Who will be the official locked on? Mar- Who will we be the official all-star campaign managers for? Mm. Who's locked on Mariners going to hitch their wagon to let us know in the comments down below. And we'll see if there's a clear consensus. If not, we might have to just run a poll on, on tomorrow's episode. So and you know what, for those of you that, that vote these guys in, whoever we end up picking, you know, a lot, that, that really lead the charge in trying to get these guys to the all-star game, there might be something in it for you. Might throw something in there for you. We'll mm. see. Well, we definitely won't something, be throwing something. in my prize Jared Kelnick autograph card. Ooh, damn. That's this a beauty. Is, my, is that numbered? Yes. Ooh. Out of what? 60 out of 199. I like it. I mean, if anybody wants my Colton Wong card, we can do that. Yeah, I'm sure Mariners fans are yeah, just dying to get that one. Seven dollars well spent, sure. Man, but, was uh, I wrong on the whole like Colton Long's gonna be a fan favorite? <laughs> yeah. He Anyways. might be the most hated man in Seattle. <laughs> Who's hurt you more this year? Colton oh, Teo. or Teo? Teo, Teo. Because <laughs> you were pounding your Te- chest Teo, for Teo, Teo, Teo. Teo, even when he's good. Even when he's good, he's incredibly frustrating to watch. <laughs> Ty has turned into a guy who like thought he loved, loved somebody. And then they actually started dating him and they're like, wow, you're actually the worst. Yeah. We got past the honeymoon phase. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah. We, we, we tried out living together and uh, there's just certain things that I just, I, that he does that I just can't stand. So. <laughs> All right. Well, this uh, might anyways. have to be just a summer fling. <laughs> sure. Let us know, you know, who, what uh, trade candidate you want us to talk about next. And also let us know who uh, who we should start campaigning for starting. I mean, we have a somewhat consensus starting tomorrow, so mm-hmm. maybe on Monday, like whatever. But yeah, we'll start a campaign. I don't know exactly what that will entail, but we know how uh, how powerful our community can be because, you know, we raised $15,000, which, yeah. by the way, Ty, tattoo update. What's the date again? June 25th. There it's you happening. go. It's happening. We will have a vlog for you sometime, I assume, in late June or early July. So. Also, I have something else to say. Oh, you guys can catch the Mariners and the Yankees on the Mariners hometown broadcast for SiriusXM via the SXM app tonight, six forty p.m. Pacific time start. I wish that it was a day game so we could have done a post game show today because those do pretty well. Yeah. You guys seem to like those, but uh, alas, they have an off day tomorrow. Going to Texas, mailbag. Things are not going to get easier for the Seattle Mariners, so we'll see how that They're goes. Sweep but, Texas. Oh yeah, I like that. Let's go. Let's do it. All right. Anything else you want to add before we hop off? You good? Nope, I'm good. All right. All right. So again, let us know who should we get behind for the all-star vote. Jared Kelnick, JP Crawford, Cal Raleigh. That's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Titan Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can also follow uh, the show at Lockdown Mariners on TikTok and Instagram as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Dane Gonzalez, S-T-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. And you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace. 
barbecue sauce. 